Hello, listener. This is one of my episodes where I stress test my thought frameworks and look for ways to improve upon them. As a reminder, I made an error with my first six episodes that involved intermittently losing sound from my microphone. Unfortunately, this also resulted in the loss of one entire episode. I do want to take this opportunity to apologize to Florence. I loved the conversation we had, and I am terribly sorry that it was lost. I would love to have you on again anytime. For these last three episodes, I did not do much editing at all. My first two episodes had taken so much time to edit, and I was just delaying far too much. To give you some context, I'm posting these in 2023, and they were recorded in spring of 2021. The voice cuts out a lot, but I hope you can still get some value out of the episode. I will be sure that this doesn't happen again. Let's begin. You're going to try to convince me to save the world. Some of our ideas are a bit ambitious. I know how hard this is for you to hear. Government should be afraid of their people. You've got the makings of greatness in you. What we do in life echoes in eternity. If you could see your whole life from start to finish. We would be given a choice to betray our chosen destinies. I have to believe in a world outside my own mind. An idea that is fully formed, fully understood, that sticks. Love is the one thing that transcends dimensions of time and space. Are you watching closely? Okay, welcome, listener, to the Talking About Talking podcast, where we talk about everything and anything, and we talk about talking about those things. Joined by Simon Schultz. Yeah, pronounce that correct. Yeah. Uh, Very good pronunciation. Simon is a lawyer... He lives in Germany. It's currently 6 p.m. where you are. It's noon here in Canada. And he has a bachelor's degree in political science where he specialized in international politics. Thank you for joining me today, Simon. Oh, I got that wrong. Yeah, I have to make a slight correction. Yeah. Um, you know, when we when we talked before, we talked about, you know, if there was the opportunity to specialize in international politics. Oh. There were, but I, in fact, did not. Oh, okay. Uh, I, did, I did some courses on it, um, but mostly I did... Um, I did comparative policy analysis is basically it's mostly in t- um is 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 home politics um of the different countries it's not international affairs but internal affairs just compare yeah. oh okay so you're kind of comparing uh, so, so, the policy yeah. that the the country will operate to the way another country will operate in a particular domain exactly but not not their their international right. affairs such okay. as international wars getting yeah yeah yeah. yeah okay sorry apologize my bad. No, no worries. <laughs> yeah. No worries at all. I just wanted to make to make. No, sure I'm glad you clarified. Well represented. Oh, give me just give me a second because the way I set up the phone here, I have to you know you have slight improvisation. But I only set this up. Right. So a second. No problem, man. I mean, if you want to, so now now it should be set. Yeah. If you want to, you can start with the introduction again. No, uh, it's all good. Yeah. I don't okay, care. Okay, Doesn't hurt my feelings none. I'm gonna have to. <laughs> Anyways, like if one of us like sneezes or something, it's all good. Yeah. Okay. Great. <laughs> okay. Um. So I, something I want to start with, totally out of left field, not to do with anything that we're gonna be talking about, not the meat and potatoes. Uh. In 2018, my girlfriend at the time, now fiance, uh, traveled Europe and we spent three nights in Germany. And I know a little bit of German and stuff. I really think German culture is pretty cool. Something that happened, what, like my, the question is, what is the deal with and combining them? And, and the reason why I asked this question is because we had two incidences. If it was just one, I wouldn't have thought anything of it. But we had an incident where we were at a place to eat and it was like we were ordering breakfast food and uh, my, my girlfriend ordered potatoes 
and she also ordered we have, I have no idea what it's called um we called it scrambled pancakes it's like pancake with like apples and like powdered sugar and stuff and Gosh, no. yeah and, and so she ordered those two things the server was like no no she's like yeah yeah, I want the potatoes and I want the pancakes. And the server was like, no. And then later on, when we were getting a burger, she ordered a burger that had uh, like caramelized onions on it, as well as something else that would like another sweet savory combination. And the server again said, no, they were like, no, no, you don't want that. And she's like, yeah, I do. And they're like, no, that's sweet and that's savory. And she's like, yeah, I know. Is that a common thing in German culture to not combine tastes like that? Or was that just a fluke? I think, um, you know, I have an explanation about that, um, about in general, about tastes and, you know, the different spices in Germany and kind of stuff. I think that that might thing, and I'll, I'll give it to you in a minute. I think in this case, it might just be that it was something that they usually combinations with. So, for example, I believe what you described, the potato thing was Kartoffelpuffer, which are, you know, quite big, you know, sticky, uh, like more uh, bigger parts of potato, you know, stuck together and then mm-hmm. fried. Mm-hmm. Um, and which is usually eat, uh, like uh, apple, uh, mashed ap- mashed apples and, and sweet things on it. And uh, on the other hand, you got, uh, you know, you got a big uh, pancake, which, and, you know, you wouldn't combine these two. I don't think it, the, the reason is um, they just wanted to give you advice not to combine these probably. I, I don't think it was about sweet and savory. However, um, it's true that, um, shall we say, German, um, I would classify them as less adventurous when it comes to spices, taste mm. combinations, this kind of thing is something I think it would be fair to say. Um, and um, well, you can speculate about reasons, but I think it, it might be that the, the, the palette is just very centered on Central Europe. Um, where these kind of spice combinations aren't that usual, you don't have them in nature. So mm-hmm. it's mostly imported stuff. And I think you, in general, you are right. You would, you know, usually people wouldn't combine sweet and savory. And um, I was, for example, when I traveled to US, I was very impressed with Southern US. Um, we combined, for, for example, chicken and, um, and, and, and some sweet pancake mm-hmm. or waffle or something like that. Yeah, yeah. Um, tastes great, but you know when I was shown it, I was at first surprised we'd eat that together. Yeah, and um, so I think it's just a, uh, it, it may just be a cultural issue, you know, what yeah. you would traditionally eat, have available to, to eat, and um, these kind of, in particular, these kind of sweet sour combinations are very popular in North America um, for whatever reason, and they are great uh, for whatever reason. They are not culturally that much in 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 German uh, traditionally so people are probably think oh you wouldn't combine this and mm-hmm. these are tourists and let's give them advice yeah, yeah, yeah. not combine yeah, it let, let's help them out not realizing that, that these tourists know exactly what it is you know yeah. and they would just combine it and try it together so mm. um i think you're right uh i think you're right it it, it may have been that Oh, okay. That's that's really cool. It's interesting. So like the German culture is kind of uh, has these almost uh, set traditional tastes and flavors that they pretty well stick to across the board and kind of mix matching isn't within things that you would see commonly. Well, a lot of people do it. And I, I, I very much enjoy eating from other places that I haven't experienced. Um, but I think it's basic human nature, to, um, particularly with stuff like food, to not be that adventurous with things you don't know. Okay. So, um, so while I think it's, it's, this is in particular, it's also in Germany about because of the background. Actually, I actually don't think it's particularly a cultural issue because there are many people in Germany who like to try out foods, eat different okay. foods. And I've also, you know, 
not to be uh, too strong a point, but I've also met North America, for example, who refused to eat a certain um, oh, yeah. certain food from a different place yeah, because it sure. was just so different what they uh, would usually do. Mm-hmm. Um, so I think you're right, um, but I don't know if that's really, I mean, it's a cultural issue in Germany because this specific type not served that much mm-hmm. traditionally, but I don't think, I don't know if being picky eater is a cultural German thing. Yeah, probably everybody. Not picky. That's it's good yeah. that you clarified on that. Um, okay, so uh, another question I have about uh, you being a lawyer and becoming a lawyer. So either in your process of becoming a lawyer or in the job and developing your skills in the job or have you, uh, there's going to be certain ways that you communicate or that you have to communicate as a lawyer. Like there's like structure to being in court and all this stuff. And, and there, there's shoes and how you present them. And there's a whole psychology around that. And, and like, not that I know them because I haven't studied law in particular, but I'm aware of that there's structure and laws and regulations as well as a certain amount of knowledge around psychology and understanding what certain words can mean and understanding proper body language and eye contact and et cetera, et cetera, et cetera, for whatever kind of interrogation, negotiation, debate, uh, convincing, that kind of stuff. My question is, what is some sort of skill or some sort of habit or something that you developed with your communication through the process of becoming or being a lawyer you have found useful to translate into your real life relationships or interactions. You're gonna be gonna be very careful about that. Obviously, you know, lawyers are, are dealing with the law and anything, and you wouldn't want to start ordering personal relations, family friends, or uh, you know, on that very uh, adversarial and very very restrictive way of ordering human relationships. Yes. Which in the end, the the law is right. Yeah. Um, but um, what is certainly some, uh, something I um, I would definitely take away from that is that um, law is a very good training for thinking about concept broad approaching problems in uh, interpersonal relationship way. And I think for sure this way of ordering and thinking um, helps you to approach uh, problems that you have in other area as well. And um, I think it's certainly has made me more understanding of other people, like particularly the working as lawyer, you know, negotiating between different parts has certainly helped make me more understanding of how how to deal and, and get the balance of different interests, right? Okay. And I think this is something that I, I certainly have taken over as a relationship with my family. Um, just take yourself, I mean, as a lawyer, you take yourself out of it, actually not representing yep. someone else. And then you try to, um, to not be the show yourself, uh, but basically find a balance between two people who are arguing. Mm. And I think it's definitely had, has made me uh, more of a, you know, instead of a negotiator myself, family, it certainly has made me somebody is more listening conflicts that others have and being a um, yeah what, what would be the correct English word for that uh, uh, somebody who uh, finds some, a comp- uh, devil's advocate I think we use that term just this like uh, devil's advocate supposed to be like this kind of middleman in a argument or a discussion or a debate or something it's more slang than anything but um, yeah that you but I think I, that kind of stuff yeah it's kind I of in that I realm like, I like this middleman you mm-hmm. know um, somebody who enables compromise yeah devil's advocate you don't even need to i mean that that i understand as somebody um, which is a term that's also um obviously left. um but the, the they um that that i understand as somebody that uh, basically expresses the opinion of somebody else that he does not agree with, make somebody else understand it better 
which yeah. is a part of what I meant, but it's not. But yeah, it's not. no, no, you're right. The devil's advocate is more specifically someone bringing up an argument that is not their own, that is specifically intended to uh, argue against the current person they're discussing, just to try and help them strengthen their argument to kind of like yes. make up an opposing side. You're right. Yeah, middleman is probably just a more accurate version of what you're discussing. And so, I, I, to kind of summarize, it sounds like you're saying that just uh, back from situations yeah. and not be emotionally invested into every single conversation or every single debate. Allow yourself yeah. to observe them objectively and help to, of course, with the kind of lawyering side of things, to help to order debates and conversations and keep them kind of flowing smoothly and keep it so that people are understanding each other better and having and, and you've kind of developed more empathy in that way to understand each individual better. So like you, your ability that sound right? Awesome. Okay, let's get into, uh, it's all the same to you. Let's get into the kind of meat and potatoes of this, these uh, ideas that I have. And I want you to basically say whatever the hell you feel like saying. Uh, each time I kind of present something, I'll just follow up with what do you think about that? Or how do you feel about that? And you can tell me something wrong with it, which is awesome. Like if, you, if there's something that is blatantly wrong, or even not off with the idea or analogy or how it might not apply to something or whatever, let me know. I want like break it, please break it right um, and then if you have a situation in life that you feel like it applies to and something recently or whatever and you want to just kind of elaborate on that to tie it in to make sure you understand what I'm saying totally cool with that if you have something to add to it totally cool with that basically anything as I explain things make sure that you're understanding so like elaborate more or on a specific little thing like I want you to have closure before we move on because like kind of each thing builds on the next and links in right um, and then as I'm talking interrupt me like your more green light interrupt me at any point if you're like hang on I want to say something that I'll be like okay go like let, let me know what's on your mind um, and don't be afraid to hurt my feelings. You can't hurt my feelings, man. Say whatever the hell you want. It's all good, okay? I try this. <laughs> okay. Uh, so for, first of all, uh, we have a pyramid of priorities in life. So each individual has a pyramid and they have a certain order in which they prioritize their life variables. Very general kind of analogy here. The peak of every individual's pyramid, very, very pinpoint peak, is their relationship with themselves. So your own internal relationship. And the reason why it is at the peak is B, should be your relationships with the people that matter most with you in your life. But you cannot properly prioritize those relationships if you don't have a good relationship yourself. Um, uh, our mutual friend Yao actually added that uh, little self relationship thing, which is kind of cool. Um, so what would your thoughts be on that? Um, well, let me start from bottom. I think, I mean, if you say sure. Term. Yeah, I think it's, um, it's, it's certainly true that, you know, everybody has an innate or I mean, he, or everybody orders this priority. Mm -hmm. uh, I think and that's why this thing there's a pyramid of priorities. I think it's that's fine. I think start from that base. base right? The point I'm always of, I, I've always been that I mean, of course, many people are not conscious about that or are confused about their pyramid. So um, how valuable is it assume that everybody has pyramid or priority when they don't they don't even know about it themselves and when it's kind of subconscious because they don't they don't lo mm -hmm. lay out all their options but in general the, depending i mean that's that's what you have to keep in mind but in general that's that that's absolutely i think that's absolutely correct and then if you if you go up the pyramid yes i think i think for the majority of people um i think as you probably um alluded to that the most important thing to them is their relationship family with other and um then we have Yao's point about the relationship oneself. Um, I don't know if 
for everybody, the relationship oneself is is more important than necessarily relationship other with family. I think what he what I think that's too and to me that's a bit self centered. But I think what actually is meant by that is not um, the um, is that only if you get an understanding of yourself, um, which you know is termed as a relationship with yourself, you are, you will be able to um, understand your relationship with other. Um, so I get it. I think I, I agree with it. Um, I think just with the aesthetics that I wouldn't think that for most, for, I mean, certainly there are, I wouldn't think that most people prioritize really their own interests above the, the interests of the, the people who are very close to them. Um, but I understand that to understand what is, how you can help or how you can have a relationship with others, you have to understand yourself. But I don't, I don't know if that's top of the pyramid, actually, or if that comes back to this question of whether every everybody um, aware of his pyramid. So it's perhaps his relationship with others actually on top, but it's all the fundament, you know, the, mm -hmm. the basis, the, the concrete so that the pyramid doesn't fall together is actually your understanding of yourself, the relationship that you have with yourself, perhaps that on the, on the back of the whole pyramid of priorities. And it's actually not the top. So, um, but, but it's just, you know, it's, it's the top in the sense that it's behind and but and it's very important, but. So you're saying that, sorry, the understanding your pyramid is very important is what you're saying, right? Yes. Yep. Understanding yourself, understanding your pyramid yep. is the basis of, of the whole pyramid. It's not mm -hmm. necessarily the, I, I wouldn't say it's the top, but it's the first step. So you got a few things for me to work with here. So first of all, let's start with like that little bit of, um, feels a little self-centered to have your relationship with yourself on top, right? Which that's what I had initially felt when I was discussing with Yao. And when I was saying, uh, I, I delivered it to him as relationships are the most important thing. And he was like, ah, I feel like my relationship with myself is more important. And my initial reaction was that it was, that seems a little bit self-centered though. Like you should be with our modern society, probably society since all time is people being too selfish and that we need more selfless people because that reduces the overall suffering in the world, right? Life is suffering. And if everyone is being selfless, we can reduce that dramatic. Whereas if everyone's being selfish, that causes more suffering, right? just to put simply and summarize. Um, and so as we kind of elaborated on it, uh, and I discussed this, the purpose of having a good relationship with yourself is so that you kind of know where you are and kind of like to play into what you said, developing your pyramid or being aware of your pyramid and how it's positioned is a big key to having a good relationship with yourself, right? Because it's kind of understanding where you are on the whole, the grand scheme of things. Like if you don't know your location, if you don't know what, right, because you can't move forward, if you don't know where you are, can't interact, if you don't know what tools you got to work with, that kind of stuff, right? And I also totally agree with you that not very many people know where their pyramid is. Um, and I've kind of thought of this uh, whole, I, I was chewing on this a few weeks ago, how very few people really know where their values are because that's kind of a way of summarizing it, right? What are your values? Um, and it's that it's so interesting because if you, if I can, if you were to kind of keep a log of how you're spending every 15 minutes of every day and you look back over your last month, 15, inter 15 minute intervals and in how you spent your time, you could probably figure out where your values are, right? And it's not that you're deciding consciously how to order your values. You're just doing your things, right? And if you were to record that kind of stuff, you could look back and go, oh shit, I'm spending a lot of time playing video, right? And then you, that, what does that tell you? Like, what does that tell you about your values? It's telling you that you're enjoying just pleasure 
more than time with your family or more than time with your significant other or more than developing your skills or more than developing your health, right? Like, because you're spending an abundance of time on that kind of stuff. So I totally agree with you on that. Um, and, and so another thing that you said was, which is a really good point is like, I don't know how useful this analogy is because of, that was kind of the idea that you had mentioned. Yes. Yeah. So then, yeah, um, yeah, yeah, yeah. Right. Uh, and so with that, uh, like I agree with that hundred percent and that's, I think where the analogy starts to become really, truly useful is helping people understand that there is a, there is a pyramid. And there's a pyramid of priorities and whether or not you believe it is kind of the whole overarching point is whether one and relationships with the people that matter most with you is number two. And if you're not behaving as such, your life is not going to be as good as it could. Right. And you're not as good of a human as you could be. Right. Because like you get to the end of the come to your deathbed and you ask for people's regrets. It's family. You go look at all of, you can Google different last words of people, whatever, like you talking to people with my family, number one, always across the board. So like, who's going to know better than the people that are about to die. Right. Um, <laughs> and so it just makes sense that, uh, that's where that lies is relationship with yourself. And the purpose of that is to develop it as a key, develop yourself, your, yourself as a tool so that you can better develop your relationships with others. And, uh, the, the pyramid analogy is said, this is this exists. If you don't define it, if you don't become aware of it, then it's just, it's being developed by your stimulus. It's being developed by how you react to the world. Right. Does that make sense? Yeah. So, the, so that the analogy of the pyramid, is not description of that, how you describe how the priority is for everybody, but you describe how their priority should be so that they, um, so I, I, I understand, right? Yeah. Um, because when you, when you first started to talk about the pyramid, I thought this was about a description of how humans behave. No, in general. no, certainly not. It's it. The idea is you, you have to, you, there should be a pyramid with the relationship with others on top. Yes. And, uh, or, and then on top the relationship with yourself, yes. which I see more as a, you know, kind of a underpinning, but, um, the, um, yeah, it's more of an asterisk, right? It's more of a detail to the relationships with others. It's that you got to prioritize the self first. Sorry, continue. Yeah. Um, that is, that is understood. And I think it makes, um, I mean, after all, if you put it on a very abstract level. Um, a human being is a social, mm -hmm. somebody always in relationship with others and complete expect then after your life, I have mm -hmm. advanced in medicine, I don't know, right? And you look back at your 100 years, um, which is a very short time. For sure, yeah. Then uh, surely uh, what you want at the end point to have is a very relationship with all the other, um, a lot of other people that shared your life. Mm -hmm. um, Absolutely makes a lot of sense and also gives just I'm aware of that gives you perspective if you talk about like somebody who works a lot like me obviously I've got my priorities back because I could spend much more time um talking to my friend last mm. and I think I rooted it not have a relationship mm. um, further understood more about him so yeah I, I get that I think it's a it's a it's a great idea and it's um it's worthwhile making well. That's awesome. So as I was kind of explaining that whole like tracking your 15 minute intervals throughout your week thing, you were just kind of rolling around in your head thinking back to your last week or two and how you've been spending your time and thinking, hey, maybe my pyramid's not quite in best order. Yeah. I mean, yeah. it's quite, quite clear. Um, yeah. I, um, if, the, if the period should be ordered relationship with others, mm -hmm. um, it's not been. I mean, I was working the whole time. Then Friday wasn't as busy as expected. Actually, I, I did some relationship with you know, colleagues, you know. Um, and 
Um, if I haven't, for example, haven't called um, my family. I mean, last time I talked to my mother was Sunday last week. Although I think that's fine, you know. Yeah. But I, I, fine. I, I don't. I I don't. I have not. Um, I've not, for example, contacted a friend who sent me a, a message uh, last week um, saying, oh, sorry, I, I, I haven't called you for quite some time. Can we talk? Uh, mm -hmm. Can you tell me a day talk? Mm -hmm. um, and I haven't, I, I, I replied to him, yeah, I'm, I'm happy to do so, but I have time to come mm -hmm. back to him yet. So that is something I should have prioritized. Yeah, awesome. That's, that's some excellent humility you're exercising there. I appreciate the hell out of that. That's great. Uh, okay, so next concept is pretty simple. It's basically just a general understanding that communication sucks. That like this, what we're doing right now is, and it sucks as in it's not, not like it sucks. It's unfun. It sucks as in it's ineffective. It's in a thought. If we were to think about it as a thing is just so infinitely complicated. They're linked to other thoughts and they can kind of elicit emotions and like you are what you think. And one thought isn't just one thought. It's a thought that's connected to nodes in a web and that it's basically one of if not the most complicated thing that we can comprehend in our existence and and it's like we're doing that with grunts and gestures and it's just silliness that we have to share these infinitely complicated things with this simplistic basic process i, I think it's very insightful um i, I know you um uh, i think you'd expect more or hope for more criticism but in no, fact there you hit there you hit a point which by the way i've also discussed with you years ago um i did it had both or not or that a whole range of problems you have is this um is bound up with the way that communicate which is obviously um they are born in um and um, i don't think there's a single life form on earth a lot better mm -hmm. because there's everything is a stage of thought to simplify it very very strong by it, to be able to communicate to other people and then they receive it and then they have to de-simplify it again mm -hmm. to understand you know yeah so um you you need you need two programs in your head. You need a simplification program, then it comes out of your mouth. And then the other person has to have a program in his head. There's a recomplication program. Recomplicate it. Yeah. Think, what does this guy actually want to say to me? I mean, I'm, I'm, I've got such a complicated mm. mind. I, you know, how... So it's it's actually what we're doing is basically the, the analogy would be you're speaking in Morse code, right? Yeah, that's it's good. It's like yeah. um, there's, a, there's a set kind of way um, how you put it down to very mm -hmm. few kind of vowels and sounds yeah and then the other person has to look at that and has to get your thoughts out of mm -hmm. it and of course there are many 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 people in, in human history made it their business to use this very very simple manner of communication and transporting information and thought and make this slightly better or a lot better mm -hmm. in many cases and come create say, i don't know writers and mm -hmm. communicate mm -hmm. well known um, but they still, they had to work with this very, you know, simplified way yep. of doing it. And yeah, I, I, I like this. I like this. I like Good. This. I like this. Yeah, I like kind of the last thing you said. And I think that's uh, about uh, people trying to make communication better. I think that's a big part of like what I'm trying to do with this is these analogies and these ideas and concepts I are these frameworks that I want other people to use in their relationships to communicate about non-tangible things, things like when I talked about the priority pyramid, we got like, our word is like values. Well, it's just, that's such a, that, that the word value can be just used for so many different things and it can mean so much. But when I say you have a priority pyramid in your life and whether or not you decide that exists 
it does and your relationship should be at the top like that there's so that's so on point of what that means right and so when you take that and you discuss it with someone else and you say hey your priority pyramid probably goes yada yada right then you can kind of create a better understanding around those things not that you should ever present it to someone like that that is probably not very nice way of presenting that um but yeah, but I, I think I think the talking about this, this communication aspect, mm -hmm. like uh, if you're in a close relationship with somebody, or um, or actually any relationship, I mean, your job is hold everything that thought very manner, you know, talks to you about it, receive it. You have to decode. You should make sure that your decode is as close as to his encoding, you know, mm -hmm. as it gets, so that there's no misunderstanding. And this obviously needs to be done in terms by aligning here, at least for the purposes of understanding somebody yep. else. Um, and obviously it's not worthwhile to always align everybody, but if you're closest, um, if you're closest people, you, um, you should at least try to understand what his pyramid so that you can understand what I'm saying. Yeah. Yeah. So you're like, you're already branching out and kind of sticking your fingers in these other pieces we got to go over here, which is awesome. It's great. We can, we're going to tie all this in. This is good. Um, the, uh, the one, some, sorry, the whole communicating with people and using these things. Uh, to help with your a lot of the words that I'm discussing here and all the analogies to help us through our relationship because it's quick and easy way to explain complicated non-tangible things and mm -hmm. just kind of refer back to these so that we can quickly resolve conflict and move through a conversation and understand each other better. Um, so part of this, the next kind of thing is uh, mind the gap. So that's something I say with my friends, my really, really close friends when we're parting ways. I say mind the gap uh, rather than goodbye because it's uh, kind of this thing to remind each other that we're... So Simon, you and I, we have a gap between us. And right, right now we're filling that gap, right? We're just, we're spending some time having a conversation filling that gap. Um, and there's a certain value to that. And the, the caveat is that you cannot ever fill the gap. It's impossible to completely bridge the gap, totally impossible, no matter how much time you spend with someone. Um, but it's important to understand that kind of ties in with the trying to fill that gap. And so like it's the like it, it, anything can fill it, right? Conversation like this, but also um, it, it's good to think about how like if you have seen a movie and I have seen that movie as well and you use a line from that movie that is funny or something. And then I laugh because I know what you're referencing and I know you've seen the movie now. And so that experience that you had of seeing the movie and the experience that I had is something that we share. And so I understand that about you. And that kind of feels like it's filling that gap effectively because it's filling in a bunch of information of not only did you have the same experience as me, but you enjoyed it. You enjoyed it to an extent where you remembered that line. I remembered that line too. And like, there's all these kind of things with it, right? So people might think, oh, it's about spending time together. Well, it's not just that. There's so many different ways to kind of mine that gap and fill the gap. What do you think about this? Yeah, I think um, if you start from theory that everybody has different priorities, this lack of com communication is impossible in a better way. So how do you how know that that, that lack in understanding which you call the gap? Um, um, one way, a smart way is to share experience. Talk to somebody about the same yep. thing. So you got a comparison. And then you can say, ah, guy, the same same exact thing. I think it's completely in mm. any way. So from that, you can deduce how he thinks, how he fills his gap. And um, obviously close the gap. That's a, that's a very smart way. But you could also um, talk with somebody somebody a lot yep and then find the um, find the quite strongest agreement strongest disagreement and then try to find a regularity uh, did you uh, induce a regularity from that um where the differences actually lie and you know one thing is perhaps missing yet about i mean that's in the idea of the 
if that everybody has priority pyramid right? mm-hmm. um is that while it is true that everybody thinks differently and we can't get very rich out by a lot get through our mouth it's not exactly true that that um that this put complete the, the gap ain't the gap is not as big as we think or as we've now as, as you might it's say because it's not it's not that on the one hand we have a cow and here we have a human being and yes. we think, yes in fact we all um we are all human beings mm-hmm. um our our brain is structured similar way um just in the last i guess five percent or three percent we got genetic differences and mm-hmm. then there's another one percent of different experiences but we have we live and we exist in the same framework and so that that should already help filling the gap mm-hmm. um, just become aware yes fill the gap but also be kind of become aware uh, of that you know the gap is not that big yeah or at least it it can be filled or you can jump over it in a, in a mm-hmm. way. We're all in the same boat, yeah. boat and become aware of that. I think that's, uh, I, don't, I don't have a good analogy. Okay, I'm so sure what, you what you're talking about is you're, you're already leading into the next framework, actually. So, so you know what a Venn diagram is? Like the circles that overlap? Like, yeah. Ah, yeah. And then you have a, you have a triangle already. Yeah, yeah, exactly. <clears throat> and so uh, if we imagine a matrix, so just this infinite area that represents possible human personality. And on that matrix, your personality is represented by a circle. And so is mine. And they're at a certain location. And some of those spots or some of the area that we take up of who we are and personality used in the most general slash complicated sense of everything that represents who we are, our values and our actions and etc. is represented on this matrix. But it's not as simple as we have a circle because personalities are complicated. There might be a little circle here and this weird oblong thing over here and then something over there. And this represents who we are as people. And that kind of ties into what you were saying about um, how we're much uh, closer than we recognize. And I think that's a huge, huge theme that more of the world needs to understand. And that's something that Yao was even talking about, is that more of us need to recognize that we are way closer than we feel like. Like if we take this analogy that is the personality Venn diagram, we have so many overlaps with every single human. Like kind of to play into the stuff you were saying, like we all eat food, we need to, we need to drink water, we need to be in the sunlight, Like, you don't need to, you could survive underground, but you kind of need to, right? Like, we're social beings. We all have, with a way they're born or whatever, everyone has two legs, two arms, a head, two eyeballs, right? Like, we all have to breathe constantly. If you stop breathing, you die. Like, we all have that in common. Gotta have oxygen. You know what I mean? And so, like, I I love that. And I love that you point that out, that, that, that that gap, although you can never really fully fill it, don't feel like there's a large distance between each other because your personality Venn diagram does overlap a lot. Um, and with that, there's something that I, so, so first of all, before I go into kind of detail with that, what, what are your thoughts on this whole personality Venn diagram thing? Mm, I think it's true. I, I just don't know how well you understand. I mean, already from the concept that we already discussed we mm-hmm. were already at the point that of course, um, some of my personality is part of the diagram. Um, and then there's of course a huge difference in other aspects. Um, yes, absolutely, but at least it already in concept four. So I'm I'm in agreement with that. But I just okay, question this is good. what this additional concept yep. um, would bring because that's yep. that for me is 
just um, you know that's extra just, yeah, you, that's you feel true. like it's redundant like kind of i'm um, repeating previous concepts or i'm um, creating a model Absolutely. that that I, I think so i mean I, you, I don't I, no this is good i like I this i don't think separate yeah, yeah so you, you feel like it's a model or a framework that is uh that does not add to it does not provide the opportunity to solve problems that we previously could have that we could solve with the previous models. I think the idea is just kind of a representation of quantifying or qualifying personality, right? Um, and arguably, you're right. You could kind of do that with the with the um, um, priority pyramid. That technically is a way of quantifying or qualifying. Um, the pyramid itself is more for values specifically, and I like to have this personality Venn diagram as kind of a hybrid of values and some things we could consider personality, uh, right? Whereas like behavior and how you act or whatever, it can tell you where your what your pyramid is, um, and that this uh, personality Venn diagram is kind of a combination of your values and your behaviors, but more specifically, because that's not really a good enough reason to hang on to it. I like it for, uh, uh, because if you, so first of all, if you spend a lot of time around another person over time, your Venn diagrams kind of morph into similar shapes, right? Because you become more and more like the people you spend your time around. Like, what was it? The 10 people you spend the most time with is a representation of who you are as a person or something like that. Someone said, that kind of concept. And so you can kind of imagine these blobs like slowly forming over time. And ideally, if we want a um, harmonious world, world peace, whatever the hell you want to call it or something, uh, or even just um, less suffering in general, there's certain spots on the matrix that we should be working towards getting everyone. Don't hurt people. Like whatever you're doing, whatever your actions are, make sure before anything else, you're not causing people physical harm, right? Like you're not causing people physical suffering. And that's not a concept that everyone understands. It's not a concept that everyone applies to their life. That's not a concept that is shown in their personality, right? And it's indisputable that that's better for life. We're all human. I'm human. You are me. I am you. We are all one, right? And that's just how it is. And probably the number one thing that I like about this uh, analogy is when you're discussing... Um, something with someone that don't completely see eye to eye on. So uh, this uh, one guest I had referenced a video to me, it's uh, William Yuri, the walk from no to yes. And it's this guy that's going around the Middle East where there's horrible, horrible conflicts. And the, he found a consistency among all of these people. And that was that they all believed in Abraham and the story of Abraham within their belief systems. And so the story of Abraham is that he kind of walked this certain path through those countries. And so what he did was he created this like walk of Abraham and where him and a bunch of other people started walking that path through all these different countries. And it created a really, really good connection between people. It talks about the story about the 18th camel. Go, anyone listening, go look it up on YouTube. There's a TED talk, it's awesome. Uh, basically that if you want to change someone for the better, if you want to get someone to understand ready, right? And so with our personality Venn diagrams, we can imagine that if I have this big section that is about empathy and caring for other people and understanding the significance of we are all one being and we are all one and the same and all of those kinds of things, right? And then you have like one little section I'm not saying you specifically, I'm not assuming anything just to be clear, but let's say you just have one little section that is whatever. Um, we're human. We're both human, right? And we, we both eat, both have all the stuff that we talked about earlier. Like you understand that section of that, right? And so then conversationally, you and I can get into that topic that you and I 
both agree on. And then from there, we can try and start pushing the boundaries out their areas because it's like, okay, well, you understand that we're all the same, right? And you don't like to suffer and you don't like pain. So why should other people suffer? Like, can we like, we're, let's communicate on that, right? And so that is the primary purpose for this analogy is having a good way of understanding um, the appropriate approach to convincing or encouraging people to change for the better, I guess. Does that make sense? Yeah, in a way. Um, I just asked why can this concept not then replace the pyramid? So with the pyramid, we're talking about... It's more what's intended. Sorry? Go ahead. More, the pyramid is more about what is intended. And it's because like you can almost assume that everyone's pyramid is the same size because we could now, now as you're asking me about these details, which I love this, this is so good. Um, pyramid could kind of be represented the surface area of it as time because we all have the same amount of time, right? And mm -hmm. so like, and we all, it could be even represented as the moment, right? The immediate moment to the present. And so you can take the pieces and rearrange them, right? You can block out different sections of your day or your week or your year with your time. Um, but it's not an a ever changing shape. It's more of rearranging. Right. And so you could use it to kind of say that um, like someone, it would be that we need to find a section of the pyramid that we both have the same, then have a conversation about that pyramid or that section of that pyramid, and then see if we can convince them to start manipulating other sections of their pyramid. Right. And, mm -hmm. and I think, I think that would kind of create the same vision in a way. My, I, my only issue with that is that the, the Venn diagram circles kind of create a more fluid image and that it just feels... The is set in, set in stone, literally yeah. set in stone. Yeah, and you can change yeah. it, but you gotta like take a section of stone out and put a new section of stone in, you know what I'm saying, right? Yeah. yeah. I mean, but the, the, the basic idea to find points of agreement and go from there i think it's value um i just i mean i aware of you know what i mean the i, I would assume most are aware that they share other same assessment um i don't you know it's true but um it's true that's a good starting point and i certainly think so if we come back i think overwhelming majority they are well aware that they share a lot of similarity religions or i mean some of the conflicts they are different fashion of mm -hmm. the same religion um so they are they are aware that they share the same yep. or God or whatever. Mm -hmm. So I'm. Um, I don't know if that's. Um, I I don't know if that that would you know bring them in together. If that's really the point, I think there's beauty and diversity. I would not. Um, I would not. You know, generally be after making or trying to uh, make the Venn diagram everybody similar. I think understanding the other's Venn diagram um, right way in a way, mm -hmm. but actually more more should be more respectful. Yeah. Reordering, I think what everybody should do is he should, they should reorder their um, pyramid or their Venn diagram to a point where tolerance, you know, respecting other people's ideas um, is, is very high on. And I think that that will actually help I don't, and that's in a way this is finding points where you agree mm -hmm. you know make them bigger but i think it's it's more about very very you know i think most um most um most people in the, in the middle probably i would assume in not having been there and expert, mm -hmm. but i would assume most of them know that the the, the three uh big ability or uh, have shares or value. yeah so i i like i agree with a lot of what you're saying um the idea isn't that like to bring awareness to, hey, you guys all like Abraham, so let's get along, right? It's not, it's not, it's not the idea. It's that you take that commonality and create an opportunity to grow together and to overlap. And I also agree with what you're saying that, uh, like, diversity is good. Like, variety is the spice of life, 
right? And if everyone started becoming the same or we tried to move towards being this arbitrary same one human all over the globe, that would suck. Like life would be really boring and super unfun. And I absolutely agree with the point that uh, should be trying to become aware of people's Venn diagrams if that is so on point. Um, and I think so my overall point of the kind of finding mutual things and then growing from there to expand is that I feel like there are just wholly evil things and wholly good things in the world like torture and rape and oppression like those are bad like they're just evil things, right? And they're awful, but they're happening all over the world all the time. And it's that it's like, if we're going to have a discussion, and this is kind of getting into like the, one of my final points, is if we're going to have a discussion of uh, like, is violence okay? If we discuss that question, is violence okay? Well, if someone has a knife at your mom, violence is probably okay if you got a bat in your hand right? Like, because you should protect your mother in that moment. But then if we ask questions like, should you be physically violent towards someone based only on that they have a different sex or religion or race and no other reason, I feel like it's pretty unanimous that no, that's not okay, right? But it's not unanimous. The problem is that humans don't all agree on that. And there's people, because there's people that are racist and there's people that are in other countries that are just killing massive amounts of other people just because, and that's wrong and that's awful. And it's more about coming together on those things. Because whether or not you and I, I don't give a shit, right? Like that doesn't help the world at all. But if you're uh, it, like, or if I'm a horrible, awful racist and I say terrible, awful things and I encourage hate towards other races, then like, that's not good. I'm not helpful to humanity. I'm not helpful to other humans. I'm increasing suffering. I'm not reducing it, right? And so I think that's kind of my overall point is it's not getting everyone to understand that like they all like Abraham or they all have similarities or whatever. It's finding those similarities and then trying to move towards those things that they're missing that are super key things that the world just needs globally. Because like people are like, oh, global warming or whatever. And there's, we got this pandemic, sorry, uh, we got this pandemic where everyone's dying from this disease and like it's evolving and we're getting all these different variations and what's next and everyone problems now. So can we start working together on this simple basic shit of stop shooting each other so that we can work on that serious shit that is causing everyone problems? You know what I'm saying? Does that make sense? Yeah, I think, think that there should be universal respect for coins. I think it's something I guess. I think it's also kept nice that, um, mm -hmm. that yeah. it's actually that you need agreement on specific priorities. Yeah. Um, not on all the priorities. Um, 100%. Very, I mean, in the end, this Cuomo Times perspective is very kind of liberal, broad, um, that actually the only thing that or the, what we need to agree on is, is, a, is a certain set of values and everybody and in all the other things, um, we're fine, you know, mm -hmm. it's a basic print and we can, on everything else, we can diverge. Yeah. Yeah. yeah that's good. Yeah. Um, so, so with that, would you say that you still feel like the personality Venn diagram doesn't add anything to this whole kind of collection that it still seems redundant or do you feel like it now has opportunity to provide value for communicating about some of these topics in a way that is, uh, more effective than just the other stuff on its own. I, I kind of I kind of think it should be. I mean, if it's about agreeing on certain values, mm -hmm. right? Um, and having them as a high priority life. Um, and, and so I think it, it, like find, finding the the agreement 
the action of find agreement and then expand the borders of that section of agreement. And that action being understood as the most effective way to encourage positive development. Yeah, but I mean, I'm, I mean, the, the, the point is, I don't know if we have to find very read because we might agree in something very bad. I mean, we might find it on a Venn diagram. I'm a sociopath and mm -hmm. you as well. And yeah. We agree that we like killing people hmm. and then we don't need to expand on that uh, or we shouldn't um i think um i think what what what, what we really need is um is a, is a list that make up here without checking whether we all have that mm -hmm. or i don't know one two three four five priorities they're very important um, to uh, prosper and we need to expand on these five i don't i don't think check whether we agree on hmm. already yeah. um so actually i don't i don't think we um look I completely understand the idea of trying to find commonality and from mm -hmm. that as an understand. I just think um, what is really meant by that, agreeing on a on a certain, certain principle, mm -hmm. and the, defining the commonality is more about communicating about the. Yep. Remember when we talked about the um, about this concept of that we have this huge problem that have these complex ideas in our heads, but I strongly to yeah. be able to communicate them out of our mouth. By, by a tone and then the other person has decoded it's where you need to bring out the agreement and show understanding yeah but in the in the sense of what chief and and getting out i think i think we, we already i mean we could talk a lot about what prince we need to expand in everybody yeah, we could, we could, but yeah. we, we could do that without checking whether so i actually think um no i i haven't i haven't got feeling for the vendor okay awesome um, good I think and, it's, and uh, I... you have you should think about that yeah, no, I really, I, I don't even think I need to think about it more. I honestly really appreciate your perspective and opinion on that. And with everything you're saying and how you're kind of pointing out that there's other frameworks that we already have and there's more to go. And I'm thinking ahead to other ones and probably my like kind of big final thing on things is it's about morality specifically. Um, so I'm probably just going to scrap the whole personality Venn diagram. And thank you for bringing that to light. Wait, wait, no, yeah, wait, think about it. I, I will think about yeah. it. I'm going to keep in mind, like I'm going to stay aware of it, but to know if it's truly redundant, I need to scrap it, right? Because then I can continue on with this and continue on conversations. And if it ends up being something that's useful, I'm always going to be aware of it. So if something comes up where it's difficult to use other analogies to explain or other frameworks to explain, then I can think back, hey, would the personality Venn diagram work good here to explain that concept? And if so, then I will have found a purpose for it. But until then, I can, you're right, I can probably just explain everything with all of my other frameworks. So for now, it's going to take... Um, so the next thing is specifically a framework for understanding, understanding. And uh, how you're talking, you said something that plays right into this. You said a bunch of things that play right into this, this whole, uh, we take these complicated things and we make them super simple and we give them to the other person. The other person takes that simple thing and recomplicates it back into their mind. Right. And that's such a great way of explaining it. Um, and so this analogy is to add to that and give other opportunities to explain different, excuse me, to explain different variables with communication and how to understand how misunderstanding occurs um, so it can be better resolved or better avoided or whatever right um, so basically this analogy is that as other but there it's it's a hologram right between us but there's not just one there's two and they're floating and as we speak and as we share ideas it's like adding pieces to the Lego structure 
right? And one Lego structure I can see and the other one you can see, but we can't see each other's Lego structure. Does that make sense so far? Mm -hmm. And so as I share ideas, I'm placing pieces on the structure. And so as you receive ideas, so my thoughts, right? You're placing pieces on your structure, but how you receive them is how you, because communication is 50-50, so it's 50% of what I say and the way I say it and how I present it, and 50% how you interpret it that determines where that piece goes on your Lego structure, right? So kind of that complicate, simplify thing that you were talking about. There's when you and I are having a conversation and we start the conversation with no context. We just open it up and as the conversation starts, no context, no intentions, I think that we're talking about a spaceship and you think we're talking about a dragon and we're going back and forth with this and you're like, there's gonna be a body. And I'm like, yeah, body, cool, awesome. And then you're like, there's gonna be a head on it. And I go, okay, I'll, sure, there's gonna be a head on the spaceship, but I'll say that and I'm like, it, I would call it a cockpit technically, but sure, we'll let it fly. There's a head on it. And then I'm like, yeah, and wings, by the way. And you go, yeah, wings, totally. And then I'm like, and then there's going to be fire. And you're like, yeah, fire. We're on the same page. This is awesome. And I go, the fire is going to shoot out the back. And you're going, what? No, no, no. And then I'm like, yeah, 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 totally. And then it's going to have armor, high temperature steel. And you're like, okay, no, I don't know. This is no. And then, and then I'm like, what do you mean? No. And you're like, I don't want a metal dragon that's farting fire. This is stupid. Right. And then I go, wait a minute, dra dragon. And we're, we're talking about a spaceship right and it, it's like to to have that analogy it's a lot simpler to understand those situations and i think that's significant because so often i see in the world where it just happens like that because quite often conflict is created that way and when it comes to that people start feeling emotions and they don't just recognize oh you thought we were talking about a dragon and i thought we were talking about a spaceship oops let's restart and then go about their merry way no they just go at each other and damage their relationships over the fact that communication is really complicated and we're trying to simplify complicate these things and yada yada back and forth thing yeah. have everybody in relationship want to have separate way but as you said i mean in the end hey, you understood what the other person mm -hmm. meant right you realized at some so that's for me is a matter of yeah somebody. absolutely um i that's something yeah it's absolutely uh, correct you always have to be aware of the that that other people understand how mm -hmm. may understand a way mm -hmm. and it's certainly one of the anybody has that um that always be aware and always check yeah whether whether he really the other um I, yeah i i i think the example gave relationship that kind, mm -hmm. um, kind of fit in that very well um and yeah i i think correct that by making that example oh next time i'm talking about something and I'm mm -hmm. saying, i'll i'll be thinking about oh got a dragon I, yeah that's awesome that's well, well uh, that's a good idea I mean, obviously one can always think about other um comparison mm -hmm. thinking about and um, yeah yeah whatever yeah exactly but there, there would be uh there would be a fun side yeah yeah in right. in like a Another kind of variation Florence added to this was like when you're, so she was talking about when you're um, developing your relationships with people, because that's our most important thing. When you're minding the gap, right? As you're minding the gap, you should be considering your priority pyramid the whole time. And this was a really cool thing that she added, how um, basically that uh, you shouldn't just blatantly, arbitrarily prioritize that relationship that you're currently having in a way that might compromise the rest of your pyramid or your pyramid. So kind of developing the relationship in a way that is most valuable for you, right? Um, but not in a way that is damaging to that person, essentially. 
Um, and like an example of that that ties into this whole uh, Lego hologram analogy is how she was saying sometimes people when communicating will provide a Lego piece and she'll know exactly what piece they're handing her and she'll see it and she knows that she does not agree with that piece where she's like, that is no, no, I don't agree with that at all. That does not go there on this structure but I'm not going to say anything about it. I'm just going to put that piece here and I'm going to continue on with this conversation and we're going to continue building this structure because it's not worth arguing about that one piece because this relationship isn't worth it or I got to fit in this way or whatever, right? Um, and so that's just another example of how that analogy can explain a complicated or less tangible way to interact with other humans. Um, yeah. And so the next point that ties in with this, so first of all, uh, yeah, I guess we'll skip ahead to the cloud nine. So cloud nine level of communication is this thing that I talk about. It's basically this uh, idea of like a peak pinnacle absolute clarity level of communication. And how this happens is as you're communicating back and forth, um, you and I have done really well and we've communicated really well to understand each other and listen to understand and to build on our structure that we're building. And there's been moments where as we're talking, say things, I can tell based on your eye contact, the way you nod or how you react or something that there's like a flicker of your structure. And I kind of see it for a moment based on whatever piece I shared at that time. And I know that our structures are the same little moment. Right. And there's these kind of like flickers of the structure where I can see it just for brief seconds, kind of like in a video game when you're getting like a combo, right? That kind of stuff. Um, and the cloud nine level of communication is when you kind of combo that together so much that you end up melding them into one where you're just looking at the other person and you know that they know exactly what you mean. And you know that they know the kind of question is, how do you feel about that idea? That whole idea of cloud nine level of communication, which I personally believe is the most beautiful thing in all existence. And I don't enjoy anything in life more than that. Um, and then the follow-up would be, do you feel like you've had that in life? Did I had understand so No, not necessarily. Not agreement. It's not about agreement. It's about clarity of communication. I don't know. I don't think so. I mean, I, I certainly have had moments shared with somebody else an idea that I thought, oh, very well, communication. Mm -hmm. But as I said, the concept I like um, uh, is the thing with the simple, that the, the realization that we are very, mm -hmm. the, the common in our ability to communicate mm -hmm. and that a lot of problems flow from that. You know, there, there we had a point, I think, very, very strong. Um, did if, if it goes further, I don't think I've ever talked, really talked to somebody where I complete in every aspect or I had a longer conversation mm -hmm. in every aspect. Um, and and then a message from somebody. Um, I completely agreed mm -hmm. in every aspect. So I have the feeling this Cloud9 com concept it, it represents the complete of understanding communication. Mm -hmm. You yes. know, and it basically, in, in a way, it defines the way you see your framework, it defines a goal that reach with another person. Of, yes, know, and, anyone really. And I more have not achieved, I mean, beyond. Uh, beyond the um, beyond the agreement, the very enjoyable that we had mm -hmm. about one set, one set, and perhaps you're going to tell me, oh, I love, I love this TV show, and mm -hmm. I agree, oh, it's great, things sure. that we like. Sure, 
I like that. Or like, I don't think we could ever really achieve the mutual understanding and understand what we are saying to each other. Mm-hmm. I appreciate that you might, in a long, if you might be in a long-term relationship with somebody, perhaps mm-hmm. you reach a very level very close, but then obviously you will soon realize all oh, the breakdown will have an argument. Mm-hmm. Yep. So um, I think as a as a goal, just to set this would be the. I accept this cannot be really the ideal place. It should be worked on. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I think it it may be valuable, yes. Um, but I think everybody should be aware that it is some kind of. Okay. This I, is I great. Might not yeah. Happen. Yeah. So this um, is really good. Um, do you mind? Do you mind if I? Elaborate on that? Yeah, yeah, elaborate, but I have it's just... Okay, sure, we'll wrap up in 15 minutes, yeah. Don't, don't, don't worry, it wasn't as... Uh, I, I like the conversation, I like yeah. the Yeah, hey, no worries, man. I appreciate your time, this is awesome. Um, so I'll yeah. make sure we wrap up in the next 15. Um, <clears throat> okay, so what you're saying is... Uh, you, you said agreement a lot, and to be very clear and for the listeners, is that the cloud nine level of communication is not necessarily about agreement because I have had conversations where I'm communicating with someone on that level and we don't agree. We actually disagree the entire time, right? Um, and uh, sorry, did you need a moment to do something? No, I, I just I just said. Okay, yeah, no, no problem. Um, it, so essentially that I, and you're just there right? It's not like you get these kind of flickers of each other's holograms and then they meld into one and they stay there. It's not like that at all. You'll be having conversations and I feel like you and I have had moments where we've kind of melded into one even for a brief moment, but then they kind of split back and we can't see each other's again, right? And it's something you can kind of dip in and out of. And there's relationships that you can have where regardless of the topic, you can just hop right into that perfect understanding with another human because you communicate so well and you will still have moments with those people that you'll sometimes split apart and be missing what they're saying right and be building different things and that does happen um but then there's other relationships where it's because i used to think you can get everyone here but i realized after much effort you can't um and that there's some people that you're never ever going to melt uh so does does that make more sense yeah i mean it's about understanding yeah. not necessarily exactly. yeah exactly that makes that makes sense that that makes sense to me but i would still say it's not also on the basis of understand can reach a very high level mm-hmm. um uh, but i don't need to achieve it but i i, I grant you that um i think um, some of the disagreements that i've now i'm saying conscious sounds i've had i'll talk during our conversation just now mm-hmm. maybe the result of a lack of understand we we had this very strong mm-hmm. as much as it is achieved i don't even think you know yep. we yeah, yeah i get what you're saying that... the, the concepts but we would not I disagree on too much. Um, yeah, that it seems like our values line up pretty well for the most part. And so if there was yeah, or this... we would at least recognize, um, oh, Simon just aspect has different values. Or I would say Trevor has different values in this aspect. So I understand why not, which would also an understanding and there would not be that much of an agreement left. So absolutely. There you go. I, I think actually with the concept of God, this cloud nine which not they understand and can't in the end you can't achieve it where we might um i think there we have we understand yeah uh and so yeah so i feel like we're kind of at an agreement on that for the most part except for like you're saying that you can't achieve that i feel like you can but i don't know it's such an obscure thing it's like we're like jesus this is so complicated so like misunderstanding and miscommunication and and we're talking about them and their complicated things and the act of talking about them and misunderstanding and miscommunicating between each other about misunderstanding and miscommunication it kind of makes my brain want to explode uh but basically what i'm getting at is uh it that this kind of cloud nine level of achievement is is not impossible 
and just very quick moments fade in and out, right? And like if you were to say that you can't just get there and be there with someone permanently, I would agree with that, right? But to say that you can never be at that place for even a moment, the slightest moment, I would disagree with that specifically. Does that make sense? Makes sense. I think we would still disagree. Okay. Because I, I mean, you can have things. Mm-hmm. I don't know whether it would then really be achieved. I'm, I'm, I'm skeptical about that. Whether if achieved. Okay. I, I and I appreciate that. I, God, I wish we had more time because I would. We finally out, but we only have a few more minutes, unfortunately. So. Yeah, I'm gonna, so it's hard, but no, no. Hey, it's all good, man. I appreciate your time. This is awesome. Uh, so I'm gonna just flip to the last one really quick. Uh. And then a couple quick fire questions for you. So mm-hmm. the morality egg game is basically the same concept as the Lego game or the Lego structure building where we each have these holograms, but instead uh, you're playing an egg game where you're taking eggs and smashing them together and see which one is stronger. And these eggs represent your morals. So as we communicate, uh, I say something or I present an idea or we're debating something, uh, our eggs collide, right? And we can maybe cause a chip to the other person's egg or vice versa. And each of our eggs is kind of sort of represented to have a density of, say, zero to 100 um, and cannot do it. And if you think any of your eggs or your morals are ironclad, perfect, set in stone, cannot be changed, then you're wrong because they can be, right? Um, Mm -hmm. And so uh, it's that is this is the kind of big one that is the concept that uh, replaces any purpose for the personality Venn diagram, where if you're trying to communicate with someone and you're trying to discuss things or debate things or whatever, convince them to be a better human or whatever it is, you're colliding your eggs together and you can meet on common ground by finding eggs you have that are the same. And you can say, hey, look, this egg that I have is just like this egg that you have, right? That's pretty cool. Okay, now let's talk to that, talk about this egg that's right next to it, that yours is way different than mine. Why is it way different, right? That kind of idea. So that's where that gets replaced there. Um, Bates, understanding morals, understanding process of people changing their mind. So like when people, when you have someone that you're communicating a certain concept with a whole lot, and then they go somewhere and come back and they're like, oh, hey, I felt this today or I learned this today. And you're like, I've been telling you that for years and you never listened to me, but now you listen to this other person or now this event has made you think that. Why didn't you listen to me when I tried to convince you of that, right? And it's not necessarily that it was the other person you might have over time chipped away at their egg based on the way, based on your efforts of communicating with them and that experience or that outsider opinion or that other perspective, or even just having one more person say it was the straw that broke the camel's back, right? That finally broke their egg so that they took on a new egg that was more dense and that was a better representation of that moral or value. Kind of for confirmation sake, does that make sense? Do you follow all that? No. Uh, to be honest, not not um, that's not. We, we've had a lot of concerts where I said, okay, something I understand. Mm-hmm. There you kind of got me. I this it's kind of you're saying use the egg concept mm-hmm. as something. In fact, this is something where you can ignore and change and discuss the egg a lot, mm-hmm. and then it has a certain breaking. Then all of a sudden it breaks, right? Mm, not um, quite. Um, or, because sometimes it might just crack, right? Sometimes it might just fracture a few pieces off. And I think that's a very significant point to make, is that it's not always about your egg just shattering and you taking on a new egg. That's not necessarily the case. Also, there's this ability to communicate and your ability to receive my communication. So that 50-50 is how my egg becomes represented in your hologram. So if I'm a shitty debater or I'm poor at communication, then in my mind, my egg might be an 80 and my ability to communicate is only an ability to represent it as a 65, 
right? Because I can't communicate well enough to represent it to its true potential. Um, and so, and then my opponent or my person that I'm communicating with might be exceptional in their ability to communicate. And that may, they might be communicating an egg that is 75 and they're communicating that clearly. But in my mind, I can see my 80 egg the whole time. And so I'm never agreeing with them because I can see my 80 egg and they're confused as hell as why I'm not changing my mind or I'm not giving in their direction at all because then they're like, okay, I don't get this because clearly my 75 is way better than your 60 that you suck at explaining. Right? Yeah, but, but what, what does the egg then represent? You are your values? Morals, values, perspectives, end? opinions, kind of all of that. Into, and it depends on the topic you're talking about because you can have an egg for so many different things. It's not like you have one egg, you have this giant collection. And like, so like what we talked about it, of the violence towards people of a particular race, right? You, you'll have an egg about that. No, I'm not violent towards people of a particular race. I'm going to keep that egg because it's pretty tough. If someone can give me a good reason to why I should be violent towards a specific race, I'll consider it. But until then, I'm I'm hanging on to this one, right? And Okay, um, I think, I think um, I'm think i not feeling the egg concept. Um, it's different from a lot of what we talked about. I don't think we have the time to really flesh it out. No, I don't think so. But I think um, this is something where I would encourage um, think about it a bit more. I feel it's mixed. This, this whole I don't first of all I don't know why does everybody have have egg why this and um I I don't get a feeling for that because like of course yeah we have different values different ideas mm -hmm. we had that in several countries mm -hmm. now we now I'm communicating communicating my values badly now I actually have good values but get it mm -hmm. because I'm badly communicating it so why is this represented by and just just because of the shortness of time because we don't have time to really flesh yeah. it out um I'd encourage you to think very about this uh, about this analogy if that's really the, the right one that you know people understanding of I don't know what the other better the other people you spoke to until now understood this better mm -hmm. um but there I've um I have I have perhaps okay. we could discuss the next one whether you know what explain a bit more what you really mean by the egg and then perhaps uh, find a bit of word for it or yeah yeah um, so how about how about we do it this way I'll take some time to shoot you an email with a more detailed explanation and you get to it when you get to it no sense of urgency um, and then we'll communicate back and forth that way again analogy sure sound good. Okay. Um, I, final things. Uh, is there anything that I can do with my communication or the way I do this that you feel like I could improve on to make it a better experience for you? I think it's, I think you're very, uh, I make people feel very comfortable discussing these kind of issues, which are very, so I don't, not really. I mean, um, no, I, I think um, I, I wouldn't, I wouldn't even say time-wise because this obviously depends. I had <laughs> more or less than you probably would have gone through this very so oh, no, totally, I, yeah. I feel it's okay. it's a it's a very it's a very good way of uh, of doing it. Very compliant. Um, no, I don't. I think it's very very good way. Of Perfect. Thank you. I appreciate that. Um, is there anyone else? I have to. And it just I have to mull it over. You don't have to tell me right now. Just, you can just shoot me an email or contact them. Make sure they're cool with it and put me in touch with. Them. I think it's the same thing with how y'all you know thought about me as a mm -hmm. person that might be, uh, because. It may be that I'm tomorrow. I'm going to talk to a friend of mine, and I realize, mm -hmm. oh, uh, this is actually something I discussed yeah. with Trevor, and this is perhaps this he has has another perspective on the value to speak to Trevor. So I'm not on the top of uh, head, yep. but uh, no problem. I think it's cool. Uh, and I want to try and respect your time as much as I can here. So I'm not really going to get anything else. Is there any closing statements you have? Any last message for any potential listener? Yeah, I, I would say. Thank you very much, Trevor. It was very pleasure. Thanks for sharing these ideas because it's sharing is as valuable for me as it is. Well, perhaps, I mean, you work, I guess, but I also learn a lot 
It's awesome. a great communication, and um, I think thank you for having the giving me this 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 object to you for this this hour, and I I hope uh, I make something out. Yeah, awesome, no problem, man. I'm super happy to hear that you got some value out of it, and I really really appreciate your time. I appreciate your thoughts, and I appreciate your effort. Thank you so much for coming. Thank you very much, and have, have a, a nice one. have a nice day. It's it's a bit later here than uh, over in Canada. But, yeah. Uh, yeah, I will take care. I am deeply grateful to you for listening to this podcast. Your support means the world to me, and I am committed to continuing to create content that resonates with you. If you would like to help me turn this into a full-time endeavor, I would greatly appreciate it if you could share this podcast with your friends and connect with me on Instagram at Talking About Talking Podcast, Twitter at Talking the Letter A Talking, and YouTube Talking About Talking. Your engagement and support will help make my dream a reality.